So, why don't you just stretch out your hands towards me, please? And say this to the Father on my behalf. Say, Father, help her to bring everything to us from your heart. We open our hearts to receive what you will speak to us today through this earthen vessel. Thank you for anointing her. Because then the anointing that is upon her will break every yoke of bondage in me. Thank you that my ears are blessed because they hear. My eyes are blessed because they see. Everything that you're saying to me. In the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, whose we are and whom we serve. Amen. Thank you. I need all the help I can get. I've been so filled with the word of God. I filled myself up with his word and filled with his spirit that I'm rather distracted. Rather distracted by him. It's like I say to you sometimes, Pastor John, sometimes I'm busy with something, then he comes into my presence and I'm distracted. It's a glorious distraction. And so the Lord is a glorious distraction to us, isn't he? We love him. We love him. We're getting to know him. We're getting to recognize his presence. Hallelujah. Learning to live with him who lives with us. More aware of him than we've ever been before. In Jesus' name, right? Okay. So am I praying or am I preaching? He's helping me. Son Marie, why are you at the back? Looking after Eli. Okay. Good. That's very good. You may be seated. Look. I come bearing gifts of many things, many points that the Lord's been telling me even long before Pastor John left and I knew I was going to be ministering. He was saying, this is a point and this is a point and this is a point and I want you to make this point. And that point and that point from me. So this morning I'm going to make, be making some points. The Lord wants me to make some points. Oh, and I must tell you that Pastor John sends all of his love. He's been phoning every day to tell me, please will you send the people my love on Sunday? So... I must tell you, he sends his love. Pastor John sends his love for you. And you know how deep that is and you know how great that is. So Pastor John sends all of his love. Can you all just put your hands in your heart and say, Pastor John, we receive your love. Pastor John, we receive your love. There we go, my darling. I know you're listening. So I hope I did well for you. Because he listened to last Sunday's message and he said, I didn't hear anybody send my love, send my love to them. <laughs> so I'm making a point today of sending his love to you because it's real and it's true. It's steadfast because he's developed the fruit of the spirit of love tremendously in his life. First of all, he developed the fruit of the spirit of love to love me as Christ loves the church. And I was unlovely. That was not an easy thing for him to do as he testifies in one of his recent messages, especially in the, last, in the first five, six years of our life, when I was turbulent. He says there was turbulence 
but I was the turbulent one. I was the one still grabbing, finding the word, wanting to please my father so much, but finding all of these things that had developed in me from suddenly they were manifesting things that I knew would have to go, things that then the father, he showed me how they could all go by the power of his mighty word in my heart and me being a doer and me being a doer, and consistently being a doer of that word, even when I miss it, I keep doing it. I do it, I do it, I do it. I miss it, but I keep doing it. I don't stop. Until that turbulence, just the, the power of God's word, the preciousness of God's word, just replaced, displaced, all of that started to take over. The word of God in my heart started to take over the other things in my heart. But he did love me. As Christ loved the church in those turbulent years. I thank God for that. He developed the fruit of the spirit of love. He was patient. He was kind. He was, he was all of 1 Corinthians 13. Why was he? Because he said he would and he did love me as Christ loves the church. So he spoke only what he heard the Father speak about me. He didn't do it like he's by his own admission perfectly all the time. But he was consistent in maturing in that. Right. He was consistent until he got very highly developed where he was not moved at all. It wasn't any more about me. It was about his obedience to the Lord. Glory to God. So, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hmm. All right, points. Points, points, points. So I'll start off with this point. I'm going to make a point because you're going to hear a lot about it. And there's many of you that were not there that haven't got any idea what Jacob's constellation is about. You never even heard such a thing about Jacob's constellation. And you've been hearing about it. Well, I first heard about Jacob's constellation in July 2010, when my, my, my husband said to me, the Lord spoke words to me, Sharon, Jacob's constellation. I said, oh, interesting. Whatever does that mean? And so he came, they came Saturday the 24th of July, and I have my notes here, 2010. He, had, he says in that teaching on that morning, I had to look up in the dictionary what constellation is. I had to look it up in the dictionary. So constellation in the 1913 Webster's Dictionary says, constellation is an assemblage, an assemblage. You could say an assembly, but a beautiful word, an assemblage. Assemblage. A-S-S-E-M-B-L-A-G-E, assemblage. It's an assemblage of splendors and excellences. Do you want to say with me, assemblage of splendors and excellences? It means destiny. And it says in this Webster's, constellation is what causes all that a man does. 
constellation is an arrangement of parts and elements. The outcome depends on the configuration of the influences of the time. Constellation also means a gathering of very important people. Sounds to me like the book of Hebrews. Do not forsake the assemblage of yourselves together, very important people to me, my sons. Coming to take your seat with, in my ecclesia, in my church. Hallelujah that I am building. A constellation also means a group of people or things or circumstances related to each other in some way. I want you to think about the journey we've been on. Right? The journey we've been on. Then Pastor John said this. There are many outcomes being determined right now. God is bringing Jacob's constellation words right back up, strong at us in our hearts and before our eyes, Pastor John and I. It's constellation now. It was then, 2010, but now, 2022. 2020 was the time of perfect, the perfect time of waiting over. You see, it's very important for you to listen to what Pastor John said here. We are on a journey from the ancient path to new discoveries. And we are going to journey to new discoveries in relationships, in finances, in different things. We are on a journey in new discoveries and we certainly are going to journey to find out where we are right now. You see, when God gave us Jacob's constellation in 2010, he was telling us then where we were then in our journey. Now it's a very important time for God again. And now he's telling us again to find out, I want you to know where you are right now. And what we should be observing from a church's point of view. And how we should be praying, but not just, you see, us, I've been saying this. I've been saying, when I speak about praying, you've got all kinds of mace nester in your head about prayer. But if I say to you, all kinds of old stuff that's still roosting in your head, make nests in your head of Everything that prayer is not. So I'm going to put it this way. Where we are right now and what we should be observing from a church's point of view and how we should be speaking. Because praying is speaking. If you look up that word prayer, pros you can know, it means coming close to God with words. So whether you're coming close to God with words about someone that you're asking him to do something in that person's life, or whether you're coming close to him with words of the time that you're hearing from the messages, or whether you're coming close to him with words that his word says, or what he's personally saying to you, you come to him with words. And we as a church need to know what to speak right now, what we ought to say right now. That's why I've said uh, I almost want to swing it over into the other ditch and I want to call it a speaking meeting, not a prayer meeting, a speaking meeting. And I would be quite accurate if I brought all the Greek and all the Hebrew out of the meanings of the words of prayer. Speaking meeting. That's why it's important for you to take your place. Very important people that your voice be heard on high. That you take your place on a Sunday, you take your place on a Tuesday in corporate prayer. Yes. You should all be at corporate prayer. In the heart of God and in the mind of God, 
you should be taking your seat and whatever is being prayed and said, spoken, is what he listens to. He hears all your individual voices. He knows the individual agreement of your heart when you say amen. You are saying yes. He hears and he knows the power of your agreement of your heart as you sit or stand in the speaking meeting. So, I'm going to talk to you about our journey as a church, Pastor John said, and how we need to be paying attention of what is going on around us, have knowledge of what's happening in the world events, so that we could know how to prepare ourselves for the journey that we have to undertake. Because God has us on a journey. God has us as a church on a journey. And we on this journey must discover what God wants us to do. That's how you get into one heart, one mind, one accord. That's how you get into unity. It's not we just love each other and we smile at each other and we just so sweet, you know, and we've got this little thing on our face for each other and we think we're in unity now. No, it's the unity of what God is speaking to this assembly, this assemblage of very important people. It's we're of one mind of the messages that are coming to us. We're of one heart. We've got all those things in our heart. We've got the same things in our heart. We're speaking the same things. We're saying the same things. We're in, and that's where the power lies in unity. It's that kind of unity where there's power. It was that kind of unity that was present in the, at Babel when they were building that tower that could reach up to the heavens so that they could make a name for themselves. They said, come, let us build a tower for a name for ourselves. And God said, he, he came down from heaven to see what they were doing. And he said, now, because they're all speaking the same thing, nothing that they purpose to do they'll not, will they not be able to do. They'll be able to do everything now. Because they were walking in the power of unity, one mind, one speech, one accord, and they could do it because they were speaking. It's the war of words. They were speaking and God said, and he scattered their languages. He changed all their languages. He's the God of language. And so people found themselves not being able to communicate. I'm sure he would have kept families together. <laughs> it would have been a good idea if he'd asked me, but I wasn't there. I was still in him. I was still a, a breath to be breathed out into the earth, into my mother's womb, but he didn't ask me. But I'm sure, knowing his character and his nature, at least you would have found one family being able to understand. It would be like Loki was speaking German and Zelda Marie was speaking French and all the children. And I was like, you know, Das is good. <laughs> and, you know, whatever it is in French. And so he scattered their language. So God has us as an, a church and as an, a very important people to him. We on this journey must discover what God wants us to do, not what every other church is doing. It is very important that we understand that God has this church on a very specific mandate. So, Jacob's constellation. So there are many outcomes being determined right now. They are not necessarily predictable or in the scope of our time. There are configurations of influences at this time. This is a very different time to what it was in 2010. There are configurations of influences at this time. An assemblage of splendors and excellences, of destinies and outcomes of our lives. And this was very powerful that he used the example of Isaac and Rebecca. That Rebecca conceives, she couldn't have children, now she conceives and she has twins in her. 
but they struggle within her in this assemblage, in this time of destiny and splendors and excellences and arrangements of God, of his time, right? And she asked, why the struggle within me? It could be that we may have to go to God and inquire and get from him the full meaning and understanding of this destiny of splendors and excellences assembling and converging upon us. She asks and he answers immediately, two nations are in your womb. <sighs> yeah. That's why God said, I will take the children. God said, I will take the children. I put the children in the womb of the mother. I breathe them for constellation. I will take the children. God said, I will take the children. God said it. How he will take them and what will be the outcome of that is God's business. But he said, I will take them. He said, I will take the children as sure as he said, let there be light. So she asks and he answers immediately, two nations in your womb. Mothers and fathers have no idea what they've given birth to. But they want to put their children on a path. They want to institutionalize their, their children so that they have no, parents have no, excuse me, I don't know if this is rude, but I learned it from somebody in the church. They have no cooking clue. They have no cooking clue what's in their womb for God. And God's saying, I've got someone in your womb for my glory, not for the glory of the world. And that's why there's a repentance that's been coming about in the hearts of parents. But I didn't know. I didn't know. I just did what everybody else was doing. This word has been here for you to read. And for me. For God to show you the truth out of his word. Of why he births children. You could have asked God the question yourself. What is this? Like Rebecca, you could have said. What is this? Who is this in my womb? This is not for you to be condemned. It's not for children to judge parents. But they, it is for God's constellation now. Because God was the one that brought into this time of constellation, his constellation. He said, I will take the children. He opened up the new open door and the new era with, I will take the children. Glory to God. So he says, there's two nations in your womb, not just a cute little baby to satisfy your, satisfy your natural maternal instincts. Not just a cute little baby. Not just two cute little babies in your womb to satisfy your paternal, maternal instincts. You having babies like the whole rest of the world has babies. We, 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 we told both of our sons, if you don't want to have children, don't have them. If you want to have children, you must have your want to before God. 
that was real in Pastor John and I. We said it to both of our children. But you'll never be grandparents, the cute little babies. In the realm of the spirit, you get so over that. I'm so over that. It's better for there to be no children than to be, than to, there to be institutionalized children. Not fulfilling God's plans and purposes for their lives. Not inquiring of the Lord. Having words of the world spoken over them from the time that they are born. Having conversations between mothers and fathers about their children that everybody else in the world is having. It's very interesting this. That Pastor John said, say this, stretch out your hands towards me. Say, Pastor Sharon, you are being magnificently led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you. In the Message number four of the journey. Like I said to you, I've got this file now with the journey messages. I've got the journey messages. This today is journey message number six. For some reason, they didn't put it on the website as journey to new discoveries. Number five for my message last week. I would like that changed. I'd like the people's eyes to see that my messages are also journey to new discoveries. This is number six today, right? So, Pastor John said this of my page 16 of his message. We in this ministry have had the word of the Lord come to us over the last couple of years. We're talking about constellation, aren't we? The assemblage of the splendors and excellences of God for outcomes, for destinies, for futures. Says here, we've had, we in this ministry have had the word of the Lord come to us over the last couple of years. I will take the children. And so he's taking the children. Why does Jesus want to take the children? Because the older generation of people are so consumed by what they've been taught as the right way that they no longer want to pursue the right way because the right way may be contrary to the way they've grown up and the way that they've done everything. So don't tell me my life has been incorrect till now. Well, listen, if you're not open to that correction, then you're all going to die in your own deception rather than dying in correction. And then he brought something very powerful. And it stands in the midst of this assembly. Because it got brought into our assembly by the Holy Spirit who's speaking to this church. The parable in Matthew 20. Jesus is very, very powerful with this when he talks about <clears throat> the parable of a man who was looking for workers. He goes in the morning. He comes back at lunchtime. At one hour to go in the day, he goes and fetches people. I'd rather be the one hour person that gets only one hour of work and get the same pay than actually dying without any reward. But one hour of work, okay, but you see people that are still sitting in the square with one hour left to go in the day, People will say to them, why are you still sitting in the square? Why did Jesus use that parable? Because it takes as much faith to keep sitting in the square the whole day as to say, afternoon time, lunch time, it's time to go home. There's obviously no work for me. So there's still a level of expectation and anticipation with one hour to go. God's been saying to me, and still, the time 
for repentance to me is open. Still, it's open to all parents. Let that anticipation and expectation that I'm going to get the same reward as Pastor John and Sharon. Because even though I'm at the last hour of this message, I'm going to change and turn around and ask, tell God, I'm going to be so honest with God and say, Lord, I didn't have a cooking clue what I was doing with my children. Yes, Lord, I pushed them into the institutions. Yes, Lord, I still do. Yes, Lord, I've got plans for them. Yes, Lord. Honesty. You, if you're not, you don't have that honesty with God, you can't move into the truth of what he's saying and all of the messages he's been bringing. Even grandparents can repent and say, look what I did to my children, and now look what they're doing to their children. The same as I did, the Lord said to me, preparation for the glory of God, the biggest hindrance to it will be pride. Don't tell me I've done everything wrong. Don't tell me that. My parents did it, and their parents did it before me, and look how it all works out. Well, you will die in your own deception rather than dying in correction. Still, there's time because that repentance that's even in the heart of grandparents will release to your children and your children's children the glory of God. Here's a scripture that the Lord gave me. Not in my notes, but isn't he leading me magnificently? Yes, Holy Spirit. Okay. I will find it. It's hard to find when your whole Bible's underlined. <laughs> okay. Hmm. But this is probably... All right. Let me see. I think it's 55. So many of these that are so beautiful. Right? Let's see here. Um. Where he says, yeah, it is difficult when everything's in pink and blue and orange and yellow. That's my, this is my covenant that I make with them. This is my covenant that I've made with them. My word that shall be in your mouth and in the mouth of your children and in your children's children. And the Lord said to me, if you have not taught your children to only put my word into their mouth, you've taught them nothing. You've taught them nothing. If you have not taught and been faithful to my covenant that I've made with you, that it's my word that shall be in your mouth and then in the mouth of your children and your children's children, if you have not taught them that, you've taught them nothing. And he does not say that to condemn you. He says it to sober you up, to wake you up, so that you don't die in your deception, but you die in correction. This is part of the anointing that is upon John, Pastor John and I. We have are anointed to raise up foundations of devastations, of generations that have been laid waste. They've been wasted in the world system, the wicked, evil world. They've been wasted in the institutions.
Right? So where is that scripture? Isaiah 59. Okay, I was posty so many times. Here it is. My spirit, this as for me. God says, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit. Of course, now it's New Testament. It's not my spirit upon you. It's my spirit within you. Do I like to sing that song? Psalm 23 is not beside me, it's inside me. I think we must change just that word. All right. This, my spirit who is within you, who writes the law of God on your heart, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouths of your children or out of the mouths of your children's children, says the Lord from henceforth and forever. That's why Pastor John brought that message and he brought Garth and Bryn as an example and said, my weaknesses as a father... When I, I was shocked when I realized it's going to be transferred to Bryn. It's going to be transferred to Garth. But what can I do? And he took Bryn and he said, come Bryn, let's put the word of God in our mouths together. Come Garth, let's put the word of words of God in our mouths together. Let us speak, let us begin to learn and practice to speak only what we hear him saying. Let's stop all of this worldly conversation in our home. What worldly conversation? You can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. Dream as big as you want to dream. Go where you want to go. That is what Pastor John said, how we can identify heresy among us. So I see you. I hear you. Parents saying that to your children. And you sit here with your institutionalized mindset among us. You sit here among us. Parents. And you say, oh no, my daughter's got talent. She's going here. She's going there. It must be the will of the Lord. Look at the talent. Oh, no, this, 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 keering het gekom. Die keering van die wereld. Oh, worship, worship, worship. Worship at the curing van die wereld. Hal het my, hal het my kind gekeur. This is rude, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, it's like a dog returning to its vomit, right? Okay, vomit. Vomit. Right. Yeah. All right, all right. Maybe just that part you can rewind and delete, okay? All right. And so he said, how can you tell heresy among us? He brought all those scriptures of saying, institutionalized people come into the church and then they want to put their institutionalized ideas on you. Tell you what to do with your children. As long as you're doing the same as they're doing, they feel safe and they feel good. Because it's the majority, right? It's the majority of people that find the narrow road, isn't it? It was the majority of people that never went into the promised land. They never went into the promised land. Parents should be saying to their children, I've led you astray. Forgive me. Father, forgive me. I've led my children astray. This is, the Lord gave me like a little psalm about it. 
if the law did not show, if the law did not say, if the law did not show, then why did you go? So all of this stuff in your life, your parents we're seeking the will of God, praying, fasting for you at that time when you went to university to do that thing. Oh, and you were planted in a church and you were, you were seeking the Lord for the plan of the Lord for their lives. If God did not show, then you yourself did go. And just because you're prospering, according to the worldly way of prospering in the thing that you did, does not justify you from not working in the true truth of seeking. God says, I, God says, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. I, God says, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. I know the thoughts and plans I have for your children. You're supposed to come to me, it says in that scripture, and seek me with all your heart. Seek me. Seek me. Inquire of me what, what is in my womb. What is this that was born of me? Not just a cute little baby to satisfy my maternal instinct and then for me to raise them up in the ways of the world so that I can live also vicariously through them. They can have things that I wished I could have. I mean, my mother used to say that to me. Bless you, Mom. I love you. She's part of the great cloud of witnesses, and she's free. She, she won't mind if I say this, but she always used to tell me, one day when you get big, you marry a rich man. Vomit. Vomit. So I had a boyfriend that was, came from a very rich family that I almost married, and God, God delivered me. It's a good family. It comes from a good family. And quite good looking too. Where does that come from? It comes from the institution. Right, so. This is how you can see heresy. It says, it, Pastor John brought that scripture in 2 Peter. These people that are among you, they're among you. They're sitting here today. They're sitting here today among us. This is not for us to bring judgment to anybody. Because like I said, God hasn't got a, like a, a meter where, where he goes, okay, bad parent, good parent, bad parent, good parent, okay, you're, you're the one among us, oh, beep, 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 beep. We don't do that either. But God's word says they sit among us. And then they want to come and talk to you about the way they see something. I know this is what Pastor John and Sharon are saying, but I don't really see it that way because I found this other way of seeing it. And let me explain that to you. There's a balance to this. It cannot be in the realm of revelation and redemption for a revolution. It's got to stay in the realm of reason and relevance and reality. can't be that God is wanting a revolution for himself. It can't be that God is that revolutionary. That he says, I will take the children. And I will take them the way my word says, I will take them. Not some other unscriptural way, but he took them in the book of Numbers. The caucuses of people fell and he took them in. 
splendors and excellences. I'm not going to get to all the points. So you're going to need to say this. Say this, please, with me. Say, Pastor John, Pastor Sharon, needs to bring the rest of this to us. Okay. Thank you, Pastor John. I'm touching the tip of the iceberg on this little piece of paper. I've got the iceberg, the whole one that goes deep down into the bottom. Yeah, I've got points. This is the iceberg. I'm here now, the Jacob's constellation. I'm at the tip of the iceberg, but God wants you to get it. So he's not going to have me quickly rattle off about Jacob's constellation. He wants to bring it to you properly. So he's talking about Jacob's constellation. Two nations. Interesting that Pastor John made mention of this, that Isaac was 40 years old when he takes Rebekah. And Isaac was 60, year old, 60 years old when Jacob and Esau are born. God doesn't work within our expected time frames for our destinies and our fortune, for the assemblage of his splendors and excellences for us. He doesn't work within our expected time frames. Rebecca was barren until God opened up her womb because those two were supposed to be born when they were supposed to be born. Hmm. I'm going to read that again. God doesn't work within our expected times for our futures and our destinies. Another example of this that the Lord gives me right now is Elizabeth and Mary. Constellation, assemblage of splendors and excellences of destinies and outcomes of that specific time because it was time for Jesus to be born to come into the womb of a woman. And it was time for John the Baptist to come to be born. So Elizabeth and Zechariah were not barren for no reason. John the Baptist had to come when John the Baptist had to come. Because John the Baptist was a forerunner for Jesus. It was prophesied. Where's Kazakh? Lord. Just wants to have some say here this morning, God. And the interpretation will come when God gives it. And Kazakh is here included. Isafan Mamputimest and Nika took the prefeche eperato to semetakita atafa. Epremenatu is the promanatu, estepremenatu is tishri. Estremenatu te peremasa to teremeshke kamtishri, she peremanas to terenatu teste de becalo, and kezek, preshene maristu, o eh, eskeve sapu te pele afnobero kishka dira sotre. Inamadu presu ifasho prekeseti. Oh, mashavusita manaburesuni. Oh, the Lord is so grateful. 
<laughs> you let him take her. He's so grateful, he says. He rewards you and blesses you for eternity. He said, emotion in este fido crochets who need to prasanto di putalaco o so mesh cofacilete para soste de bechenisa. And so she will walk. She will walk in my plans, says the Lord. And case crochets, oh, haba, 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 ote se fendupri, oh, shkavas, kabita pore, oh, shenisa, note kereta, shavas, ote. He comes, he comes, I take, I take. Yes, Renadore Pesele Cataca to see she. Neneresi to two shefesel a cote petasi. Oh, sha, oh, sha, ya, scovato iman promendu be. Ah, she caladanto, presele calade. Yes, so from an amiso. Keskebe salapatu pepromi. Ayasato pepromi. A mocheso de debro boshepe pepromi. Papa salato. Ma, he's mine. Ha. It's a cross entity, Abo. It's a Abdo, he, he, he. Kuta prashanto stevo. Ya shafo seleketre prapasatu ishkavaso. Brebe tapisa nakote preshkete ishkavisa. Taparatito. Ishkavado esontarado. Oh, my, Shkovasko de Peleka. Prepe, prepe. I've mafkushki mestote for you. Breskentu prepe. I savan to permuta. Shekeskete, frabakashko. Oh, yasha apu. Oh, la matoreste nena masute preshi salakato. Sheske fishkatolopo. Meshkavo, mashkavo. It shall be. So shall it be. As the Lord has declared today in his ancient language. Ya Savro. Ya. Oh, and Avro Gintu Stashivro. And your children's children will be mine. Oh, Ishavonisetu Prishko to Borutesete Fishka Propushineseni. Oh, eskeledi kunomoro do shepesele. Oh, isano kobre. This is the hand of the Lord just reaching to your hand here. Imaradostele mekeri. Man to man, God to man. Meremusa, meremusa, Father, Father of these children. Meremusa, meremusa. Meremusa, meremusa. Mere Musa, Mere Musa. Yeah, yeah, Mere Musa. Long life will I satisfy you. Show you your children and your children's children. Yeah, Sabrasote. Yeah, Nagurinete Stira. Long blessed life. Yeah, Saramando. You go in together with your children into all my promises. Isha sana ope, ope me mamas tototo pope, me beresito toto kole me krese mishkato. Yo, mishka morese ne meshkete ka afolote pere manato stiro no toto kushki putala rope epe nara. Yo, mashove ne mana. Yo, mashove ne mana manoste te freste te pere nisho na more meraste da mina. Oh, mada, mada. Oh, shibro amone mene mene riso du koro koro di shafa salato. Ya, ya, la kore yo children rise up and call you blessed among women. favored among women, your children. Rise up and call you blessed. 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 Hallelujah. Shura. Isha. Mashahava. Ah. Mashahava.
Ja, so schön. The Lord establishes this today as a memorial before him. It will stand for eternity. It is the beautiful fragrance that you poured out and continue to pour out on the feet of Jesus. This that you have given him more costly more costly than that perfume poured out on Jesus' feet. She poured it out in a time of constellation, time for his burial. You poured out this, you pour out this perfume and this fragrance before me in this time of constellation. It stands as a memorial for eternity from this day, from this day. Hallelujah. It will be spoken of. It will be spoken of through eternity. Thus is the Lord today. Father, we thank you this morning for this beautiful assemblage that we've assembled in today. Assemblage of splendors and excellencies. Oh, oh, yes, Lord. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. We thank you for this holy moment with you in this assembly, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Es evre cresisto tu porta. Yeah. Shusa. Yeah. Macabado. Isha vos en este tesi. Yo she se teste este tesito. Yeah, Tira, I'd just like you to come stand here. Just face me. The Lord just wants to, to just stand here. Please. Yeah, Tira. Yeah, just right here. Just here by Bryn. Now, I know 
He just wants to finish what he wanted to say. Yeshe masature peseni. I I I just and I put all presene also show presene ketista to pass around him. Prosemene shista bura basha protection of the highest order by my angels. There shall nothing and there shall no one come between me and him. No. No protection of the highest order. Always a place and a say and a speak it around him from the state. Osha. Like this. Musha si. Oh, oh, oh. Sha. Sha. A shield. A shield. A shield. This is not just physical protection. This is relational protection. This is spiritual protection. This is soul protection. God places protection of the highest order around you today and from this day this is the honor this is the honor of what he's spoken over you children the honor for your mother and your father what they have done before him the perfume it could have gone a different way could have gone another way but it's gone the way of God so for you, the Lord just wanted to finish off. There's a shield. There's a shield. God wants to declare the shield. A shield around you today. Yes. Glory to God. Glory. 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Your steps ordered of the Lord. All of them. Glory. In Jesus' name, thank you, my darling, that I could just finish that off today. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are taking the children. You're taking the children. You are taking the children. And we declare that you may take them any which way you want to. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Father, your precious people that are here today, Lord. We're all sitting here in your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. We sit here in your presence. I thank you that the word and the blood of Jesus surrounds each and every single precious one. Protects them. That your mighty word of power guards them. Maintains them, propels them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of these precious ones. Oh, yes, hallelujah. The word and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And what has transpired here today in the realm of the spirit is protected and it's all under the blood. I declare that there will not be a mouth able to say anything. There will not be a heart that will be able to think anything other than the glory of God. The glory of God. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you grace and peace. In Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Amen. I think we do live in an atmosphere of reverence, do we not? We live in an atmosphere of reverence, right? Glory. Bye-bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.